episode 189, Jason S. Moore. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. Head over to ayalpha.com, the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. It is time to awaken your alpha. Right, guys, we've got a good one for you today. We're going straight for the dads today. So I'm a dad, Jason's a dad. We've got Jason S. Moore on the line here. He's a coach and adventure guy. So I'm going to keep it quite simple because that excites me, interests me, and we've sort of been aware of each other for quite a few years now. He's all about awakening the hero within, and I'm so glad I got him finally on the show. So Jason, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Yes, man. I'm so happy to be here. It's great to finally be with you. I've been really excited about the value you've created in this amazing podcast, man, and it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Good things come to those who wait. And again, it's, it's all about timing. So I, it's one of the things I knew it would happen. I said, we're just going to organically dive into this and see what comes out of it. What are you all about at the moment? Yeah, what I'm about really is, well, first of all, my primarily, I'm a, I'm a dad and a, uh, I'm a husband and a father. Like that's the most important thing to me. And, you know, I, um, I have a very close relationship with, with God and my creator. So those are three things that are super important to me. And that's something that is important because... I, um, in the past, I've had a very weak relationship with commitment. And over the last few years, I've really been strengthening that. And I realized that it starts with my relationship there. And then it kind of carries over into my relationship with my wife and kids. So they're my foundation. That's really kind of what I base everything on. But what I'm up to in the world is really focused on helping dads, specifically middle-aged dads who are, who are, um, out of shape and overstressed to, Um, activate or reactivate their physical body and then access new ways of being that are available from that in other areas of their life. So one of the things I've noticed is is that like me, middle-aged dads, you know, guys who were active and who really had an amazing, you know, youth, whether it was in their teens or twenties, maybe they were even athletes. Suddenly they reach their mid thirties, what I call manopause, which is like the life (laughs) change that men go through and they enter into no man land where they kind of like lose their access to their manhood, hormones shift and things go haywire. And maybe they used to be able to lose five to 10 pounds of weight in a weekend. And now all of a sudden nothing works, nothing that used to work works anymore. And with 10 times the effort, they can't produce even a fraction of the results and they can't figure out what's going on. And it starts to affect their self-confidence confidence, their way of being, their level of commitment and ability to commit to things in general, which, you know, wives lose confidence. It's hard for them to show up for their kids. And these were experiences that I had and, um, and was able to transform it. So I'm really committed to helping dads be able to break through this. And I think for men, it really starts in the physical realm. We are physical beings. And I think we need to get our body out of the way in order to be able to access the ways of being the powerful ways of being that we need in order to show up in these other areas and create and generate like we want to. Hey, I complete, completely agree with that. I mean, when there's struggles and there's always challenges, uh, but that is like, like you said, where it starts, that's always kind of like my, my fullback position. Yeah. Go, get, keep the body in shape or go and have a workout, you know, get really help the mind as well. But just that's one thing. It's like your foundation that it all comes from. I completely, completely agree with that. So where are you speaking to me from today and everyone who's listening? Yeah, I am. I'm in Deland, Florida right now. So one of the things that's interesting to know about me and my family is that we've been living in an RV full time for the last um, over six years. So um, in 
uh, about six years ago, we woke up one day and realized that our stuff felt like our stuff was owning us instead of the other way around. And we wanted to find a unique way that we could go and deliver value to our clients and to people. And, um, and my wife and I are rather adventurous anyway. She's from South Africa and she left home at 17 years old to come to the States. Um, and then I've moved around a lot as a kid. So both of us are kind of adventurers anyway. So it seemed to be kind of a fit. And uh, so we've been doing that for the last six years. We're actually transitioning out of it now. We've put the RV up for sale and we're ready to have a more stable uh, kind of environment. Our son's seven or eight. Yeah. And um, we want him to have, you know, more consistency in his life and for us as well. So we said we would never do that. We thought we were going to do this forever. Yeah. Maybe add a sailing catamaran, but things change, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm calling you from, I'm, I'm on the phone from Deland, Florida now, which is where my family owns a marina. And I'm here in the RV. Nice. Very nice. Talking about your origins as well. Um, and we talked about the sort, of the, the sort of the challenges in the last couple of years as well. Mm. When would you say it was like kind of an awakening moment or some key points in your life? Because, you know, I know when we spoke originally about you coming on, you, you weren't in the headspace to come on. And I, I can completely relate to that as well. Sometimes I've been asked to do certain things. And, you know, if, if, you're, not, if you're not mentally there, yeah. you can't just show up if you're, you know, cause just, just talking like what we're doing. If you're not mentally in the headspace, it's a massive effort and you're obviously not going to represent that your true self. So, I mean, right. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I've been through some major transitions in my life, you know, I, and I'll, I'll try to give you a brief background. You know, as a kid growing up, I didn't have, uh, you know, I wasn't very healthy. I started smoking cigarettes at a really early age, about eight years old. I got into drugs at an early age. Um, yeah, I smoked so early that I had no memory of being a non-smoker as a, as a child when I, yeah. when I got to adulthood, I smoked for so long until my early 20s. I got into drugs early and things like that. So by the time I got to my late uh, teens and early 20s, I, I was experiencing anxiety and a lot of different things like that. I was a mess. And um, looking for solutions to turn things around, I finally got you know, to where I reached a threshold of pain where I was like, this isn't where I'm going to live in my life. Mm -hmm. I you know, had a couple of times in jail and just really faced some serious consequences. And I knew I had to make a shift, but I didn't want to really want to go the traditional route. So I decided to go the personal development route. And I landed like a lot of us did into a Tony Robbins seminar. And at that Tony Robbins seminar, I learned about alkalizing nutritional science and in addition to how to manage my mind and stuff like that. And I came home and I just quit everything that I was doing cold turkey. I'd had a 120 milligram addiction to Valium that I was chasing with whiskey every morning and mixing with Whoa. other drugs. And I, I you know, I suppose the key thing is then what, what was the, the breaking point? Cause like you said, you, you kind of, that's your norm. You've grown up with it. Yeah. And like not everyone who's gone through that path goes, Oh, Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'm yeah. You know, that's a great question. So, you know, and it wasn't like I was like completely messed up all the time. I was a competitive water <laughs> skier growing up. I mean, these are things that were happening in the background and yeah. kind of in secret. So I wasn't a complete and total mess. I had some things in my life that were pretty good. And, and actually how I learned about Tony Robbins was my dad and I were on this trip um, I had just lost a job and I think I was about 17 or 18 years old. Um, I was working for SeaWorld um, on their training for their water ski team. Okay. And we were on our way to Washington, D.C. And my dad had a, a personal power uh, by Tony Robbins in the center console that I just started reading it because I was bored, to be honest yeah. with you. And um, you know what? What I read in there just made sense to me. Like It was like a manual, a user's manual for your brain, all about NLP, things like that. And that was my first kind of kind of touch on that kind of stuff. And so then later on, when I was a mess and when I was in jail and things, you know, I, 
I, I kind of returned back to thinking about those, those ideas. And I realized that I'm the person, at first I blamed everybody else for my situation, of course. Yeah. This is my mom and dad's fault, it's everybody. And I, I was kind of stuck being a victim. But as I was in there, I realized, you know, I'm the person that made the decision to be here. I'm the person that made the decision to put these things in my body, to spend time in these environments. And I'm the only person that's going to transform this by making new decisions and taking new actions, which was a bold thing for me to be able to even realize in the situation that I was in. So I got an insight into how I could actually transform my thinking and by transforming my thinking, I could transform my way of being and therefore my results in life completely. And, um, and so that's how I ended up in the seminar, uh, you know, from that moment. You know, typically with anything, it's like when you read a book or you go to an event, it's usually not all the answers. You might get yeah. one or two pieces that lead to the next step or whatever else. So it's not like that one book completely changed my life and I was fixed or even the seminar later. I've experienced a lot of challenges and, and things since then that I've overcome. But that was like my first major like transition into a level of personal responsibility for my life. Um, that was the result of going down that path. Originally, when we was potentially going to come on the show, I know you obviously you do you have some charity work, and I saw sort of when you have if you have ever a client who drops out, you know their money is obviously goes straight to the charity yeah. uh, suicide awareness. And I know you had obviously a bad time, you know, experiencing yeah. that in your, in your family. And um, yeah. when I spoke to you last, what have you done since to kind of like turn it around and get yourself into a better headspace? Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, to kind of what got me into the bad headspace was about 10 years ago after transforming my life and creating that amazing, you know, experience after going to the Tony Robbins seminar stuff, I got really successful as a health and wellness coach. Yeah. And then, um, and then in late 2007, early 2008, the business that I was involved in collapsed. And at that time, I didn't realize how much of my personal identity I'd had invested in the success that I was experiencing then. And I really just kind of lost myself. And to be honest, yeah. I kind of flipped out. And for about eight years, I was really just kind of lost and didn't know what to do with myself. And I, 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 I kind of had a different problem. I went to like overeating and other kinds of things. And, uh, and then about a year and a half ago, my little brother uh, at 30 years old was going through a divorce and he decided to take his own life. He hung himself. And, you know, just before that had happened, he had called me and told me that he had attempted before. And I went and I spent about 10 days with him really trying to help him get back on his feet again. Yeah. And uh, after he died, it really forced me to kind of take a good hard look at myself. And I realized, you know, I'm not really living the principles that I was teaching him that I was standing for. I've been living very inauthentically for yeah. quite a long time. And it was, you know, it was kind of like it slapped me so hard. It spun me around fast enough that I was able to see myself for the first time. And I made a decision then that I had to step up and do something to transform things. And I decided to start with my physical body because I knew if I didn't get my body managed and out of the way, if I, if I didn't get to a point where I could look in the mirror and be proud of the man that I see and like feel yeah. good in my own skin, then nothing else was going to be possible for me, for my wife, for my kids, for my family or anything else I was committed to. So I made a commitment to, to really transform my body. And I was heading into my 40th year. I'm 40 years old now. And I decided I'm going to make my 40s my fittest years ever. Yeah. Uh, physically. And that was my goal. And that's how I ended up with this beard. Cause a friend of mine, I was having trouble getting motivated. Right. And a yeah. friend of mine said, uh, you know, I, uh, he said he grew a beard to remind him of his daily commitment. So I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty good idea. It's something that I can't hide from. that will remind me of what I'm doing every day and it'll start to get annoying. I'm sure. You know? <laughs> so I made a commitment not to trim, cut or shave my face until I got a six pack. And um, I've been growing it ever since. <laughs> now I'm almost there. I'm probably, I'm, I'm maybe a month out, I think, you know, um, I, that is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I spent the first, like up until this last January, I was really focused mostly on calisthenics and body weight mm -hmm. exercises because it's easy for me to do how we travel. Yeah. And I was focused a lot on my old knowledge of alkaline nutritional science and stuff. But just like I was saying to you, I think before we, we got on here is like, 
what I noticed is, is that men, when they reach in their, their middle ages, they, they have a really hard time because everything shifts. And I didn't realize that was going on for me. So all the stuff that I used to do in my 20s yeah. wasn't working anymore. And I was really having a hard time. And I had to experiment on myself to try to figure out and find my way to what was, what was happening. So I put some new strategies in place, made some changes. And then in January, I committed to, to doing an Ironman one year out in November. And that's Whoa. where everything really shifted. So oh, between January the power and, of a deadline and Iron Man, totally. wow. wow. With a long time horizon. I put something out yep. one year in the future that, I, that scared the hell out of me, that I knew I was really going to have to step up and be more than I was being in order yep. to accomplish it. And so as soon as I made that commitment and made some critical shifts in my nutrition, that's when I just had a floodgate of, of results that, that showed up in that following like 90 days, which has yep. gotten me to where I am now. And so that, what that did was it completely transformed things because where I'd been resisting being a health coach, mm -hmm. which is what my primary expertise was. I, went I relate to that as well. I don't know. I think that's exactly where my background's from. And I, it, yeah. sometimes when people say, oh, so you're just, you're just a health coach or you're just a fitness coach and you just kind of resist and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it, it comes from, like you've been saying, and I completely agree. It's got to start somewhere. And, you know, that is, the body is obviously something that you can start with some, some simple actions and then it all, it fuels everything. I really believe yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's a great training ground for strengthening your relationship with commitment. And see, that's what I realized. After my brother died, I really got that I had this weak relationship with commitment. Mm. And I had gotten so weak in my commitment that I was afraid to even make commitments at all. So an opportunity would show up. And if I made a commitment at all, it would be a half-assed commitment. And I wasn't all in because I was afraid it was going to fail. So I would yeah. sabotage it anyway, if I made the commitment at all. And it was so many stops and starts and failures that finally I got to the point where I was just like, oh, I'm not going to do it anyway, because it's not going to, I'm not going to follow through. Yeah. Now that's a crippling place to be, especially for a man, because as men, we're, we're naturally driven creators and, and producers. And so it really affected my marriage. It affected me as a dad. It affected how I was showing up. And I, you know, I was putting on a good front out in the world, but in the background, I was really suffering and struggling. And so taking on physical training, especially at the level that I did, gave me an opportunity to really strengthen this relationship and to distinguish commitment in a very particular way, which is to say what I was going to do and then follow through. Pretty yeah. simple, but very powerful. You said when you approached your physical training, things were different in terms of obviously from when you're 20s to in your 40th year now what when you tweaked it what are some of the sort of tips or mistakes that you you think you made the first time around about ways you had to adjust it well you know part of the thing was that i'd become inflexible you know i had learned and gotten very very like attached to this idea that um that I only should be on a plant-based diet the only way to be healthy and to eat healthy was plant-based and plant-based mm -hmm. only and um and I had started to kind of loosen my grip on that over the years, but not, not enough. And uh, what I realized is that, that different biochemistries have different approaches that work best for them and different situations have different approaches that work best for them. So I began to kind of open up my, my approach rather than just doing, you know, like vegetarian and vegan and kind of raw food meals and stuff that I had been trying to do for a long time, which was very difficult for me to maintain. Um, I decided to start incorporating some grass-fed meat and some of the, the principles of like ketogenic nutrition and, um, you know, could incorporating you just, a lot more fat. Yeah, could you dig into that and just sort of break it down? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, 
you know, I had already been doing, I believe that, that, that 78% of the diet needs to come from, from, you know, alkalizing foods, you know, especially green foods, green drinks that are alive and plant-based and water rich. Juicing is a very powerful strategy. Um, green smoothies, very powerful strategy. These are all really powerful things, but on their own, for some people, it's very difficult to get all the results. So one of the things I noticed for myself was, is that when I ate totally that way, my body felt really great, but my nervous system didn't. I had a lot of anxiety and stress and stuff. But I noticed when I ate more meat and more fat and things, especially good quality meat like grass-fed and organic, yeah. you know, not conventional stuff. When I ate that kind of food, I noticed that my nervous system felt great, but my body didn't feel as good. So I was kind of going back and forth between the two, trying to figure out where the balance was for me. And I realized that you know, about 70 to 80% of my calories needed to come from fat while at the same time making sure that 70 to 80% of my meals were made up of alkalizing foods. So the idea is to manage your body more like a bank account where you're making more energy deposits than withdrawals, you know? And, um, you know, if you go into a deficit in your bank account, you start living on energy credit, and you, yeah. become, you know, you become bankrupt. And that's kind of what happens when people consume too many, too many animal-based foods and proteins and junk and stuff that's hard to digest and it's condensed. Your body has to spend a lot of energy to break it down. Then you end up in a deficit and a lot of leftover toxicity in the form of oxidative stress and uh, inflammation that causes all kinds of issues. So I needed to still maintain a 70 to 80% alkaline diet. So I was making sure I was getting plenty of live plant foods and minerals and all the benefits of that. But I needed to incorporate more fat and more meat in. And uh, so that's what I started doing. And man, everything shifted where finally my body started to catch up to where my nervous system was. So now a typical day for me looks like this. I wake up in the morning, I have a one liter uh, mason jar of of water, alkaline water with um, a half of a lemon in it and some either real salt or Himalayan Ooh. salt. Yeah. I follow that up with a, another liter of, of green drink. So I'm good and hydrated in the morning. And then after that, I will have, um, uh, most days I'll have a fresh green juice that I make that's low sugar, you know, like leafy greens, spinach, mm -hmm. cucumber, um, celery, oh, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Nothing too, I don't do a lot of sugar because the sugar throws you out of the fat burning state and causes all kinds of other fermentation issues and stuff. And then after that, I would get into either a buttered tea or a buttered coffee. You know, the, the bulletproof oh, coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. <you're> <laughs> so I'll do like either a bulletproof coffee or I'll do like a buttered tea where I, where I make it with yerba mate. I find that if I do coffee every day, it's too stimulating for mm -hmm. me. So I kind of go back and forth between the two. I like, the way, yeah, I like the way you keep sort of specifically saying for you. And it's that you can definitely tell there's been a lot of experimentation in yes. your own thing. And that's why I think people shouldn't be arguing you no know, to the death this is how you do it i definitely think in all parameters you've always got to tweak things and just check it out for yourself it needs to be individualized and obviously there's there's principles totally. in theory work for most people but then you've got to definitely experiment and test things out for your own specific situation i think foundational principles apply to everyone but how how you put them into action is person to person you know like i think everybody needs to have a mostly alkaline approach because it's just the, the design of the body. Your body's alkaline by design, but it's acidic by function. So it's always trying to gravitate toward a most, uh, mostly alkaline state to preserve the integrity of your blood. But at the same time, everything your body does produces toxicity. You get lactic acid when you use your muscles, you get carbon dioxide when you breathe, etc. So this is what's going on. So you have to focus on an anti-inflammatory, like antacid type approach, I think, to your nutrition. But at the same time, the level at which you do that and what other kinds of things you use to balance it out needs to, um, needs to be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. And that's why when I work with clients, it's very personalized. You know, like I don't have any specific dogma that I teach. And I think that's part of the problem with nutrition. We're so stuck in yeah. like this way 
and it has to be this way. And then you have all this conflicting information and it cripples people and makes it where they can't take action. So I just found the right balance for me. And I found that it was, it was a nice balance of intermittent fasting. I do the 18 hours of intermittent fasting until good effort. That's less than that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really do believe in intermittent fasting. Yeah. I've tweaked with that myself. Yeah, 18, that's pretty hardcore, man. Good effort. <laughs> yeah, well, between, between, you know, like I try to eat before 8 p.m. or sometimes as late as 9 p.m. And then I don't eat any food until usually 1, 2, or 3 o'clock the yeah. next and um it's interesting so. how and when people if, if people haven't even like done any of that and they're just like eating all the time, it's interesting how quick your body adapts to it. Like if you yeah. try and change it, you're like, oh my goodness. But then if you just like stick to it for a bit and then like it's not even an issue, it just becomes your norm. But it's that mental side, you've got to overcome it first to actually give things a try and not just go like one day or two days in, oh I can't take it and bail out. You know, you've yeah. got to try these things. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I was actually very resistant to trying bulletproof coffee. And so, cause I've never a coffee drinker and it's very, you know, coffee's an acidic substance and it's stimulating. It puts stress on the body. And I, I was like, Oh no, that's not something I can do. And my Ironman coach was like, listen, give it a try for a week and see what happens. And I'm like, okay, I'm paying you to teach me. I'm going to suspend my yeah. disbelief and I'm going to try things out and see what happens. And the first couple of days I felt kind of wiry, you know, which is why I went to the T and I experimented to how to balance it out for me. But I'm finding that at the level of training that I'm doing for Ironman, which isn't for everybody, mm -hmm. but at that level, a little bit of productive stress from the stimulation balanced out with all that fat has actually helped me to really push through um, and push past thresholds and things. And yeah. I think that's really what's so powerful. We live in a world where we're not going to be free of stress completely and totally. And so we have to learn how to use stress appropriately and learn to use stress powerfully. And there's a difference between productive stress and unproductive stress. And so that's been one of the biggest lessons, I think, in going down this road. Cool. I just want to sort of round out this discussion as well. We haven't really touched on when it comes to training, you know, for sort of the middle-aged man as well, in terms of not just ways you do things differently, but how are your injuries as well? Because Iron Man is relentless and I'm sure you're, you know, there's injuries and niggles along the way. Um, I'm sitting here with a busted ankle. <laughs> yeah. I'm you know what? Me. I've been very lucky. I found a coach. His name's uh, Christian Manietta. He's amazing, really cutting edge coach. And basically he has a very different way of teaching you to train for Ironman. You know, traditionally when people train for Ironman, they actually don't eat very healthy. They load their body up with a lot of excess stuff and they, mm -hmm. um, and they train for long distances because the idea is that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be yeah. racing these long distances. So you better train the long distances, but he's brilliant. He's really revolutionized the training for it by breaking it up into small distances. So for example, if I do 3000 meters, he might break that up into 25 or 50 meter laps when giving me anywhere between 10 and 30 second breaks in yeah. between, because the philosophy is if I can do, you know, X amount of 25 meter or 50 meter or hundred meter laps with like five to 10 seconds in between, then I'll have no problem swimming the full distance later. Yeah. And what that enables me to do is it enables me to train my best and really develop the muscle memory and take care of my body with plenty of rest and recovery in between so that I don't experience the injuries. And so I'm not training in bad habits because, yeah. you know, you go and try to swim long distances or run long distances or bike long distances and you're exhausted, your body starts to break down and then you're training in that bad, that yeah. bad position or whatever. So yeah, when the, when when the fatigue's really there, yeah, that's when you yeah. get injured, definitely. So to be honest with you, I haven't experienced any injuries at all. I've experienced a little bit of cramping I've noticed yeah. when I, um, like if I eat too much sugar, like if I eat too much fruit at night or something like that, I'll notice some cramping the next day. But otherwise, I've had a very steady growth and I've been feeling amazing and it's, it's been awesome. So, so yeah. far, I'm very blessed. You've mentioned quite a few, you sort of picking out a few people though you've been lucky enough to sort of come across and have helped you out. 
Well, this is the Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Is there any names that spring to mind? Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely Tony Robbins was one of the first ones. Stu Middleman, who I met through Tony Robbins, who is an endurance coach. You know, I don't know if you know Stu. But no, he, I haven't heard of him. Though. He's got a book called Slow Burn that's really amazing. That's all about the fat-based nutrition for endurance athletes. And he's got an amazing philosophy. But Stu, at 49 years old, ran from California to New York City in 56 days, averaging two marathons a day. And um, did, it, did it to bring attention to childhood diabetes. And uh, just an amazing man. He was a great, he's been a great coach, friend, and mentor of mine. One of my first, like, fitness coaches. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely Tony Robbins and him. A man named Dr. Robert O. Young, who, um, who wrote the book Sick and Tired and PH Miracle, really shaped my ideas about nutrition, really helped me save myself. In addition to the stuff I learned from Tony Robbins about how to manage my mind, what Dr. Young taught me about my body and biochemistry um, not just enabled me to transform my diet and lifestyle and totally turn around the, the situation I was in, but it also gave me a career. It gave me a life because yeah. I had people show up in my life after I made this massive transition and ask me, what can you do for me? And I studied under him and became an apprentice and really kind of learned um, the specialized type of blood cell analysis and things like that. And it gave me the power to serve people on a level I never thought I could. So that was a major influence for me. And then fast forwarding now to like more modern times, you know, uh, Garrett J. White, who started the, uh, the um, Wake Up Warrior, Wake Up Warrior yep. program. Uh, yep. He was a friend uh, and, and, a, and somebody I knew before he started Wake Up Warrior. And I watched him transition and transform himself. Yep. We, were in, um, we met through another great mentor, actually, Garrett Gunderson. Who, uh, who wrote the book Killing Sacred Cows and co-wrote the book um, uh, What Would the Rockefellers Do? I think it's called. It's a new okay. book. Amazing financial coach, amazing guy. Garrett's been a great advocate for, uh, for me and my business and, and just recommending me to people. So he was instrumental. Another guy named John Butcher who started LifeBook, um, which is a personal development program. John's been a great mentor. And then those two guys are what led me into meeting Garrett. And, uh, and I met Garrett inside of Kevin Nation's family mastermind. Yeah. Another, yeah. another. These are loads of touching points. Yeah. That I that's yeah. why I sort of caught you in the, in the sort of in them circles. Yeah. Cause a lot of these guys have been on the show. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so, you know, Garrett really transformed things for me in a huge way and kind of woke me up. I mean, I was a, uh, or kind of started the waking up process. Yeah. You know, I was very much a boy that had not grown up into a man. Mm. And um, was really looking for how to make that transition. And a warrior really gave me access to some principles of manhood that I think you want to talk about awaking your alpha. That's probably when the, the probably one of the first times that I really broke through. It certainly started with Tony Robbins because Tony yeah. was a very strong masculine influence. But later, this going through the warrior program and that I think really kind of catapulted me. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for it yet. I spent the next you know few years. I did Warrior Week two, and I think they're at like twenty eight or thirty or something like yeah. that right now. And I spent the next several years really struggling with and like resisting and yeah, fighting. With it sounds like a big shock to the system. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, I mean, I started Awaken Hero back yeah. then, but I wasn't clear what Awaken Hero was or what it was for or who it was yeah. supposed to serve yet because I wasn't out of my own way. You know, it wasn't until my brother's suicide that, that I really got an impact and made the shift and started stepping into those principles and living them and really making the commitment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes when you hear exactly what you need to hear you're not ready to implement or apply it yet there's some things that need to be cleared out of the way and dealt with before yeah. you can really get on the court with it so you know i think those have been the uh you know probably the most major influences for me um over my over time as far as mentors and my yoda guys go i think that's it yeah cool is there a sort of a, a famous quote or just a quote or a principle that you like to live your life by now you know 
I have two quotes that I've always loved. One is the, the Helen Keller quote, life is either a daring adventure or nothing because I just, the, the, the idea of a boring life, I can't stand. Yeah. And the other is one never knows how far he can go until he goes, until he's gone too far. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that quote has both served me and it's also been, uh, you know, been inhibiting, I think at times, but you know, I've noticed that, um, the greatest breakthroughs that I've had in my life are, are sort of when I have, um, when I've gone too far, when I've gone mm -hmm. like over the edge and those moments have kind of shaken me. I think sometimes it doesn't have to be this way. And I don't think it's always healthy to learn this way either, but I think <laughs> sometimes, you know, a, sometimes a man has to be reduced to nothing in order to be able to see what's next, you yeah. know? And that's certainly been true for me. And uh, I don't look for those experiences, but I welcome them. <laughs> and it's, my, it's my commitment to kind of look for the positive meaning in everything. Yeah. That shows. But I think, you know, those are two quotes that, that, really, um, that really drive me. Yeah, cool. And I know we've already mentioned quite a lot of books as we've been going for the interview. We have men, you know, who have struggled like us. And obviously, I'm sure we will continue to and we'll have good times, bad times. Yeah. When someone turns up and they are really struggling. Is there a particular book that you'd recommend men to sort of, to help them understand how, uh, how to get their mind in order first and obviously their, their body to follow as well. You know, man, I, I mean, I kind of go back to the original. I mean, there's a lot of great trainers and gurus and coaches and stuff these days, but you know, I, I really, I'm still a big believer in that. I think Tony Robbins is a really powerful entry point into how yeah. to manage your mind because Tony's done such a powerful job at, at uh, modeling and then synthesizing ideas into like kind of one place that he's gotten from a lot of different places. I think his uh, Awaken the Giant Within book is one of the best and most powerful and important books ever written. And I think uh, if you haven't read that book, I think it's a critically important one to dig into. Nice. Um, it's a solid, yeah. solid recommendation. Is there any advice you can give to someone who just is listening to this and they're, they resonate with a lot of things we're saying that, you know, they are struggling in certain aspects. Um, yeah. What advice would you give them? Well, man, I would say, I think there's five. What I've learned is that there are five daily commitments and training strategies that the most powerful, you know, most successful men in the entire world that I've seen mm -hmm. practice and implement daily. Um, and, and, you know, I would say start with these five things. And um, I actually have a whole report that I wrote on and the whole thing that I do. But it basically, you know, number one is, is meditation. You know, you can apply and learn all the right nutritional strategies and exercise strategies and stuff in the world. But if your mind and your emotions are in the way and clouded, then you're, then you're stuck. Um, you know, and when men hear meditation, I think they get a little like, oh, I know, I don't know if I can sit around for uh, uh, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes or an hour and be still. But, you know, meditation isn't just sitting still. It's you know, like go for a walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's, there's something, there's a really great, another great book called Meditative Fitness by my, my friend Clark Depew is really awesome. It basically outlines how exercise training, whether it's in CrossFit or whatever, especially for men, intense physical activity is actually a form of meditation. Mm. And it's yeah. definitely something that helped me to make the difference and transition because instead of showing up in my workouts with like loud, heavy metal music and like bringing my anger and rage, mm -hmm. what I started doing was showing up in workouts and listening to meditation music and really getting present and feeling every movement and being yeah. with my body. And it made a massive difference. So I think meditation itself, and there's, some, there's definitely some hacks you can use for meditation so it doesn't seem overwhelming. Yeah. And then combining that with your, with your physical training, I think for a man is a really powerful thing. So that's the first and the fifth thing. You know, the second thing is super hydration. You know, everybody needs to hydrate. Most people don't hydrate enough. So super yeah. hydrating with really good quality fluids, you know, alkaline water, you know, with lemon and salt, green drinks, these kinds of things. You need structured water that's going to deliver powerful nutrition and energy to you. And you need to be hydrating 
uh, quite a bit through the day. One liter for every, you know, 40 pounds body weight, I think really to, to be successful, you know, powerful supplementation. You know, I think it's really important to supplement and don't overdo it. You know, supplementation are things that, that um, they're meant to be supplements. They're not meant to be drugs or treat symptoms or things like that. They're meant to supplement nutrition and help you build a foundation. So I think a good quality green drink, perhaps a good colon cleanser, um, a therapeutic grade essential oils, I think are absolutely critical. And that may give men some pause, but let me tell you what, you'll be amazed and blown away by the power of, 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 of pure therapeutic grade essential oils in your life, whether it's related to workouts or stress management or sleep or focus or all kinds of things. So I think getting on a very powerful supplementation focused is really important. Um, and then obviously, um, like I said, with nutrition, you know, making sure that your nutrition is all about making more deposits than withdrawals, you know, that yeah. it's mostly plant-based and that you, you know, don't get hung up in managing like calorie counting and that kind of crap, you know, take a look at your plate and make sure that 70, 80% of it is, is greens and veggies and stuff. And then balance the other side with healthier choices instead of conventional meat, eat grass fed and, you know, make healthy, clean choices. Eat clean and train dirty, as they say. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think these, these, are, yeah. these, are five, these are five daily commitments, and that's what they are. They're commitments. They're things that you declare that you're going to do for yourself, investments that you're going to invest, that then you show up and you do, yeah. you know, follow through on. And then there's training techniques that can vary. You know, you can figure out how these things work in your life. But I've noticed that hands down, I mean, if you name a powerful man right now, and I guarantee you he's implementing these five things in one way or another every day in his life. No, well, I like that. Like you said, you can tweak an experiment, but if, if that's your bad day and that's your, like your norm that you're doing them five things in some shape or form, you know, that's your, that's, that's the good starting point. That's a good solid foundation. Yeah. Well, it's all about investing in ourselves. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we get caught up like out in the world doing and you, my good friend, John Butcher always taught me that you can't give away what you don't already have. So if you show up in a relationship like I was for, for years and I was, I was incomplete. I was overweight. I was out of balance. My hormones were whacked out. I had yeah. low self-confidence. I was unclear about what I was doing and where I was going. There's no way for me to show up in relationships, in business, as a parent, and in life with anything to give and contribute. And typically what happens is you show up in those situations to take. There's nothing alpha and there's nothing powerful about that. There's nothing manly or grounded about that. And so as a man, first and foremost, you have to get up every day and you have to invest in your best and highest self. It's your duty and it's your responsibility. And it's selfish not for you to invest in your best and highest self so that you can show up in your business, for your clients, in, for your relationships, for your, your children, um, overflowing onto them the abundance and the power that you are. And so that's what these five strategies are about. It's about getting up every day and making sure that you're operating with the cleanest fuel and with a clear mind yeah. and the clear vision and all of that. So I think that's really the ultimate pathway to alpha. Yeah. If you're not in the right space as well, you can make some, you know, you can make some decisions that, you know, your true self, and if you were like fuel, hydrated properly, fueled properly, you know, physically fit, that you wouldn't make them same decisions. So I, right. I completely agree with that. And that's, that's absolutely awesome. I mean, the time has flown. Personally, I'm just, I'm just getting into this. So if, if people want to hear, hear more from you, what's the best way they can connect with you? Yeah, they can go to like, I've got a blog. They can go to awakenhero.com and find me there. And um, yeah, or you can find me on Facebook at forward slash my vital life is my personal page. Or you can go to my, my you just look for Awaken Hero Academy Adventures on Facebook and my Facebook uh, page will come up. 
And uh, for all the dads that are out there, I've got a private Facebook group called Awaken Hero Dads Only Beards Optional, although they're preferred. <laughs> and uh, you can look that up and you can join me on there. It's a, it's a private free Facebook group where dads just connect with one another and we share about these areas of our life, about our body, about our being, about our, our bonds or relationships, about our businesses and what we're up to. So those are a few ways you, you can connect with me. Hit me up in a private message. Let me know what you're up to and what you're looking to, to create. I'd love to connect with you. Quality. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure today, Jason. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, man. I really, really enjoyed this. Head over to ayalpha.com, the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. 